today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. the church. Yeah, we need to be zealous for the things of the Lord. There's no doubt we need to be zealous for the things of the Lord. But you know what? As bad as knowledge is without zeal, zeal without knowledge is worse. Because that brings damage. And it does a great harm to the message of Christ. Christians can sometimes be as bad as anyone when it comes to gossip or responding rashly to bad news. Social media has opened the doors of communication and it puts the witness of Christians to the test by how they will react to various stories and information. Pastor David encourages believers to be oh so careful in their response to others. While God is often pleased with our passion for Him, He's even more pleased when we treat others with grace and humility. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, A Dangerous Misunderstanding. They did it on the children of Israel's side. Wait a minute. Weren't the children of Gad, the children of Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, weren't they part of the family? Weren't they part of Israel? So who really is at fault here at this point in time? Suddenly they've cut them off. They did that on our side. When, in actuality, they were part of us anyway. Verse 12 says, When the children of Israel heard it, the whole congregation of the children of Israel gathered together at Shiloh to find out why they built the altar. So that's not what it says, is it? The very first thing that came to mind, we'll take care of those guys. We'll, we'll fix that. We're going to go at war. The very first thing, I, when, I, when I see this thing, first of all, it starts out, we heard somebody say, and so now we're going to go to war. Has that ever happened to you in your life? Or somebody heard something about you and suddenly they got all mad at you about something? How about, have you ever heard something from somebody and you got mad at somebody because of something that somebody else, maybe that's too close to home. Again, we look at this. Rather, they built it on the eastern side or the western side. I don't think that's the deal. But when I look at the fact that they say they built it on our side, And they were ready to go to war right away. Regardless of where it was built, to the children of Israel, they had built an altar that was completely separate and apart from the altar that was at Shiloh. Okay, so I can understand that. I can, I can gather that. But wouldn't, let's bring it into today's situation. 
situation happens that, that we hear of, isn't the heart and mind of Christ to come and, and find out what the situation, to find the truth rather than a third party understanding or misunderstanding of a situation? See, the mind of Christ comes to reconcile. The mind of Christ isn't to gather a weapon and to go to war. This altar, it, it wasn't at the tabernacle. And that posed a really big problem for the Israelites on, on the west of the Jordan. It appeared to them right away that these two and a half tribes, as they went on over, they, that they were shifting their worship. They, they weren't going to be worshiping the Lord God with them anymore. And automatically, they jumped to conclusions. They, at best, they were going to worship God apart from them. At worst, they were going to start worshiping these idols. But the problem is, they had just totally missed the understanding. They misunderstood what was going on. Granted, in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, it told them, hey, this is where you will worship. This is where you'll have the sacrifices. We know that. We understand that. But you know what? The children of Gad, the children of Reuben, the children of Manasseh, they were there when those laws, those rules were given by God also. But now, these Israelites, the ones west of the Jordan, now they're going to go and kill the offenders. Well, isn't that what the Bible said we could do? That's what Leviticus told us we could do. That's what Deuteronomy said, that, hey, they start worshiping somebody else, kill them, take them out. They're defiling the Lord God. And so, man, I'm justified for my anger. I'm justified for my vengeance. I may not know the truth, but I'm justified in how I'm going to respond. The unfortunate battle that so many Christians have today is we are so quick to jump to conclusions particular conclusions either of other believers, maybe another denomination. What happens when it's within not only your own denomination, but your own body of believers? What a wretched thing that really is for us to to jump to conclusions rather than, wow, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? I heard it, and it doesn't matter where I heard it, but I heard that you thought that I did this. Are we mature enough in the Lord to take those stands? Or do we allow ourselves to be so duped by the enemy that suddenly we jump to conclusions and then we become biblically righteous in our own eyes to take action against it? Well, they sent a delegation at least. Fortunately, they sent a delegation. The congregation was ready to go to war. But they sent a delegation. Verse 13. The children of Israel sent Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest. He sent them to the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead. And within him came ten rulers, one ruler each from the chief house of every tribe of Israel. And each one was the head of the house of his father among the divisions of Israel. So this is a powerful group of people that are going over to find out what in the world was going on. Fortunately, they they did that before sending in all of the troops. That's a wise thing to do. Find out the truth first before you respond. That's a lesson we need to see. We 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 need to confirm, you know, something as best we can before we jump into action. And it's interesting, too, that Phineas was the spokesman of the group. He had seen firsthand how rebellion against the Lord could bring death 
to the people of the Lord, how rebellion against the Lord could destroy the house of the Lord. Phineas understood that. As a matter of fact, uh, if we went back to Numbers chapter 25, I won't bring you back there right now, but uh, um, in Numbers chapter 25, the, the children of Israel, the men of Israel, uh, had fallen prey to the uh, the Moabite women. The Moabite women came and threw themselves, in essence, at the men of Israel. They started, uh, again, illicit uh, sexual relations with the women of Moab. The women of Moab brought in their goddesses and their gods, and pretty soon not only were they having physical relationships with these women of Moab, but then all of a sudden they began worshiping their gods. And so God was going to bring his wrath upon the people. And right there, as Moses and the leadership were talking about, again, hey, we've got to stop this. We've got to, we've got to cause a halt to this and commanded the people to stop. Uh, one guy came with a Moabite woman and in essence paraded her right in front of all the leadership and took her into his tent. And, and it was Phineas, uh, the son of Eleazar the priest, in his righteous anger. And, and this was a correct righteous anger. He did the right thing. There was proof. It wasn't a third party thing. He saw it happen. He went into their tent and drove a, a spear right through both of them. And with that, the plague that the Lord had begun in Israel because they had fallen prey to all of these idols, it stopped. So thankfully, Phineas was the one. Phineas was not a guy to mess around with. He had a, a zeal for the things of the Lord, and he wanted to do the right thing, and he was willing to do the right thing, even if it did mean go to battle. But he wanted to find out the truth. So verse 15, when, when they came to the children of Reuben, to the children of Gad, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, to the land of Gilead, and they spoke with him, saying, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What treachery is this that you've committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord, in that you have built for yourselves an altar that you might rebel this day against the Lord? Let me stop right here. How much of that is true? They built an altar, but all the rest of it is speculation. Well, you, you must going to be ceasing from following the Lord. There must be some way that you're going to rebel against the Lord. But Phineas went on, and he says, is, is the iniquity of Peor, the, the situation where he ran the spear through the guys, is, is the iniquity of Peor not enough for us from, from which we are not cleansed even until this day? Although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord, but that, again, you might turn away this day from following the Lord. In other words, didn't you learn your lesson back then? And it shall be if you rebel today against the Lord that tomorrow he'll be angry with the whole congregation of Israel. He understood that, man, you know, your sin isn't your sin alone. It impacts all of the nation. Verse 19, he goes on to say, nevertheless, if the land of your possession is unclean, if, if you feel you need to build this altar because your land is unclean, hey, then, then come on, on this side. He says, then cross over to the land of the possession of the Lord where the Lord's tabernacle stands. Take possession among us, but don't rebel against the Lord nor rebel against us by building yourselves an altar besides the altar of the Lord our God. Didn't Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing? Remember that at the fall of Jericho? Achan took some stuff, and he wasn't supposed to take some stuff. They went to fight against Ai, and the Israelites were defeated in Ai because Achan had stolen some stuff, and he shouldn't have. He said wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel because of Achan's sin. 
And that man, uh, he didn't perish alone in his iniquity. No, he and his whole family, as well as the, the warriors that, of Israel that died in the battle of Ai. Listen to what he says, though. Verse 21. Then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, answered and said to the heads of the divisions of Israel, Who are you to question my walk in the Lord? Who are you to come and ask me those kinds of things? No, they responded fairly humbly. For such an accusation that's thrown right in their face, they answered pretty humbly. He said, the Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knows. And let Israel itself know, if it is rebellion, if it is treachery against the Lord, then don't save us this day. I love the heart that they have here. It's not, you do your thing, we're going to do our thing. I know I'm doing right, you forget about it. No, they, they humbled themselves before their brethren. Have you ever been accused of something you know you didn't do? Are you able to come, even with a humble heart at that point in time, with the heart of Christ, and say that, I'm sorry, please forgive me. That wasn't my intention. That, that wasn't, you know, my desire. That's the heart of Christ. That's, that's how we're to respond to one another. But I've seen too many Christians, man, the, the hair on our neck sticks up so quickly, so, so, so abruptly. How dare you accuse me of that? Rather than say, man, I'm sorry if what I said offended, rather than walking humbly before the Lord. Remember, the word says, you walk humbly, the Lord will lift you up. He said, man, if it is rebellion, if it is treachery against the Lord, then don't save us this day. If we built ourselves an altar to turn from following the Lord or to offer on it burnt offerings or grain offerings or if to offer peace offerings on it, then let the Lord himself require an account. But, in fact, we've done it for fear. We've done it for a reason, saying there's going to come a time when our descendants may speak to our, when your descendants may speak to our descendants, saying, what have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord has made us a Jordan, a border between you and us. You, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, you have no part in the Lord. So your descendants would make our descendants cease fearing the Lord. So in other words, now we did that and we did that on your side to let you know that no, we're, we're part of you. We're part of that family. We're not renegades. We're not cutting ourselves off. This is just what the Lord has called us to do in our walk in the Lord. This is what the Lord has called us to do. We're not separating ourselves from the family of God. We're not separating ourselves from you. We're separating. We're simply following what the Lord has called for us to do. And we built that altar there. We placed that there so that you can remember that, hey, we're part of you. We're, we love the Lord. We're, we're not sacrificing anything on this. We, we're not burning anything on this. No, that's just a visual reminder that we are a part. Verse 26. We decided, hey, let's let's prepare to build ourselves an altar, not for burnt offerings, not for sacrifice, but that it might be a witness between you and us and our generations after us that we may perform the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, with our sacrifices, with our peace offerings, that your descendants may not say to our descendants in the time to come, you have no part in the Lord. Therefore... 
We said that it will be when they say this to us, to our generations in time to come, that we might say, no, no, here, here, here's a replica of the altar of the Lord which our fathers made. And it's not for burnt offerings or for sacrifices, but it's a witness between you and us. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord, that, that we should turn from following the Lord this day to build an altar for burnt offerings or grain offerings or for sacrifices besides the altar of the Lord our God, which is before his tabernacle. On kind of a similar note, this is the thing that kind of hit me as I was looking at this. Do you realize how many times Facebook and emails dupe Christians and make us look absolutely foolish because we believe what somebody else has said. Someone has said to us that this is what you've done, and we're ready for war, aren't we? I mean, so many, and, I, and I, I've seen it over the last few days. It, it, it's so, we're so quick to jump to conclusions. We're so quick to believe any story, particularly if it fits our preconceived understanding of something. Well, I know those guys. That sounds like something that they would say. And so that's exactly, it's got to be true. Rather than realize, no. The enemy has just duped us one more time to make us look absolutely foolish to the rest of the world. Oh, there's a law that's been passed that shouldn't have been passed. Oh, there was a pastor that was arrested, a, a good Calvary Chapel pastor friend of mine posted a thing on Facebook a few days ago about a pastor that was arrested because he didn't marry a gay couple. And he said, look, it's already here. And he stated the source and he had to come back a day or two later and said, it was a hoax. It was a hoax. Just given there to make us look foolish. Or there's some kind of anti-Christian move on a nationally overpriced coffee chain. If you don't know what that's about, uh, go buy coffee at Starbucks and just bless them. They're lost, you know. They're, they're not a banner for Christianity. Are you kidding? So we need to get over some of these things. We're aliens here. Do you, you, you realize that? The rest of the world is not for your faith. The rest of the world is not for your God. So why do we expect them to live that way and to act that way? We are, as Jesus says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Did that change? I, I didn't get that book. Uh, you know, did it come after Revelation, the book of uh, you know conclusions or whatever? We are lambs among wolves. The world is going to act like the world. Why can't we get that into our head and then have the attitude of Christ toward them? You remember the attitude of Christ? He, he was the one that had nails in his hands and in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head. And he said, Father, forgive them, because they, they don't know what they're doing. They have no clue what they're doing. And the world still doesn't know what they're doing. Because they're not led by the same spirit that you and I should be led by. Oh, how the church... Yeah, we need to be zealous for the things of the Lord. There's no doubt we need to be zealous for the things of the Lord. But you know what? As bad as knowledge is without zeal, zeal without knowledge is worse. Because that brings damage. 
And it does a great harm to the message of Christ. Verse 30 tells us that when Phineas the priest and the rulers of the congregation, the heads of the divisions of Israel who were with him, heard the words that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, the children of Manasseh spoke, it pleased them. And well, it ought to. Verse 31, Phineas the son of Eleazar, the priest said to the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, the children of Manasseh, this day we perceive that the Lord is among us. This day we perceive that the Lord is among us. Because you haven't committed this treachery against the Lord. Five minutes ago they did, though, didn't they? And then they were, they were ready to take their heads. But now he's heard the truth. He's heard their heart. How long does it take for us to stop and hear the heart of an individual that we feel either has done ought against us? that we ought to forgive. How many times, Lord? Seven? That sounds like a pretty religious number. Seven is, you know, like a godly number. And what did Jesus say? No, 70 times seven. So do we whip out our calculator? Okay, that's, that's 490. Okay, that's 489 or 450. And, and work it down? Or do we understand that, no, what Jesus is saying, no, we just keep forgiving. He says, you haven't committed treachery against the Lord Now you've delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest and the rulers, they returned from the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, from the land of Gilead to the land of Canaan, to the children of Israel, and they brought back word to them. And so the thing pleased the children of Israel, and the children of Israel blessed the Lord. Truth, reconciliation, and unity within the body of Christ not only blesses the Lord, but you know what? It'll bless you and I. Because we're not, we're not walking our life in anger, looking for every offense that we can. And gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm so frustrated and so tired of, of Christians. Rather it be, I'm, I'm getting ready to get rid of Facebook. I mean, and, and okay, I'm not addicted, but I check it. Really and truly, we look at some of this stuff, and as a Christian, you and I need to have the hide of a rhinoceros and the heart of a dove. We really do, because the world will come against you. They will come against you. Just understand that. The other thing that we don't understand all the time is, yeah, the enemy will even use your brothers and sisters to mess you up. Because if he can mess you up, then he's probably going to mess your brother and sister up. Now he's got two, and again, the conflict begins to grow from there. John said, man, how I love to see my children living together in unity. This thing pleased the children of Israel, and the children of Israel blessed God. They spoke no more of going against them in battle to destroy the land where the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. The children of Reuben, the children of Gad, called the altar Ed. You know, that's the Hebrew name for it, Ed, E-D. Called the name of the altar Witness, for it's a witness between us that the Lord is God. That thing that started out to be a stumbling block for them became a strong point for them. The thing that the enemy would use against us, God has turned around to be blessing. You know what? I see that as kind of the the economy of God all through, all through. The very thing that the enemy sought to destroy, God uses to bless.
one of the mightiest warriors in the entire Bible was Joshua. God used Joshua to conquer many of the pagan nations surrounding God's people. From spying out the land God had promised his people, to Joshua's encounter with the angel of the Lord, this book will surely be an encouragement. Join us as David teaches through Joshua verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. That's TheOpenWord.com. Although The Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.